From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 427. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Memberful, and Clear My Mac X. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Hi, Mike Hurley. How does it feel to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for St. Jude? Very good. We actually, just before we started the show today, we closed our fundraising campaign. A lot has happened in the last week, and we mm. passed uh, $706,000, meaning yep. that this year was the most money we've ever raised in a year for St. Jude nice. Children's Research Hospital. Thank you so much to everybody that participated in the campaign this year. But I have a hashtag now talk question for you. All right. It comes from Tony, and Tony wants to know, Jason, if you watched Welcome to Wrexham, I assume that I already talked about this somewhere, but maybe not here. Yes. Yes, it's great. We haven't spoken about it because I'm loving it, and I would have remembered yeah. having this conversation with you. That's true. We definitely haven't spoken about it. Yeah, it's it's good. I, in fact, I had a friend who is interested in soccer who said, you know, is it really just like those guys? I'm like, it's not just those guys, right? It, it, it's it's also about the, the town. The town. Yep. All those fans who are so concerned. They're like, oh, these famous people bought our fo- soccer team. Um, are they going to ruin it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and how much it means to them, and and uh, that makes it, yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, like my, uh, I was talking to my brother about it. My brother's a big football fan, and he has been pretty resistant to the ev- the entire idea of Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds buying this football club because they're like, oh, this is setting a bad precedent, and like that, you know, like that kind of idea. And I just said to him, like, just watch it. Because I think the heart that they bring to this yeah. idea is not something you would naturally have assumed. But they genuinely seem to care and seem to put a lot of effort and work in to doing, mm-hmm. quote unquote, the right thing. And the show is just fantastic. It's so good. And as you say, like, yeah, it is a documentary about two celebrities buying a football club, but it's more than that. And like some episodes, they're barely in it. Like it's just yes. following the kind of characters of the town that they have mm-hmm. like established as interesting people in Wrexham in Wales and like understanding how ingrained uh, it is. It's really great. Like so it's in Hulu in America. Outside it's on Disney Plus. They put it yep. up the next day, which I was really happy about because genuinely, like genuinely, I think that Reynolds and McElhenney made a deal with like Disney to make sure this was done because this is not consistent. Like uh, that show, The Bear, right? That's on Hulu. We haven't got it yet. And it's like, at some point, we're going to get it. Like a lot of these Hulu shows, it's like at some point it will come to Disney Plus. And my assumption is just they were very aware that this show needs to be in the United Kingdom immediately, right? You can't make this show about a Welsh football team and then it just show up at some point Right, like, like, ah, right. eh, you know, whatever. So, this is a little different in the sense that it's a it's an FX show, so it's on it's on cable, and then it goes to Hulu. Yep. Um, and so they've obviously, yeah, they got the rights set up so that they would be able to stream it immediately in the UK and mm-hmm. elsewhere, presumably on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a it's a really well done show, and I get your brothers. Like, oh boy, like, this is not great. Like, I get it, but watching Welcome to Wrexham, it makes it, at least it makes it seem very much like that was a team that was dying, right? Like, it was falling into decay and would be, would either be irrelevant uh, or gone. And so there's this, I, I think it's a fascinating question, which is, well, if a couple of, 
a couple of uh, Hollywood types come in and buy your team and say they want to put money, their money in it and make it better. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Because as in the episode I watched last night, which is the episode where they actually finally come to Wrexham, because they're like it's episode eight before they show up in Wrexham. That's a great episode. They obviously care about not ruining it. And yet a line that comes back time and again is change is inevitable. And this is, I think, fascinating on a much broader scale, which is this argument because I've seen this in business and stuff that I've done in my career, like uh, things I've reported on, things that I've done myself. Like one of the common things you get is why can't it just stay the way it is? And the problem with that is like it's like you're going to make it change. I want to keep it the way it is. And, and that's I understand that sentiment. That's a very human sentiment. But the truth is things change right things things it's not a choice between the steady state that will go on forever and change right it's a choice between letting it change on its own or doing something to change it in a different way and i think people get caught up in the like these guys are going to come here in here and ruin it and and their point which they're gently trying to get across is it's going to change regardless right like the future of this football club is not what it is today or what it was five years ago. Like it's headed in one direction or another and we get to choose a different direction for it. But like if you leave it alone and it's just sort of neglected like it had been for years, that also leads to change, right? It, it is not in a steady state. And I think that's really interesting on a on a larger picture that like it's not you're choosing between these guys coming in and everything being fine without them, right? You're choosing between mm-hmm. these guys coming in and doing question mark, who knows what, and what happens if they don't come in? Yeah, and and I think something that they talk about a bunch is like a lot of the change everyone will be happy with if the team's winning, right? Like... Make a bunch of change and do whatever you need to do. But if it ends up resulting on like in Wrexham getting promoted, moving forward, and moving through the football leagues, like that's the good kind of change. Like do what's needed there. So yeah, it's a really interesting show. I've I'm a big fan of those guys anyway. So like I was really excited about it, um, and I've loved it. And yeah, it's been fascinating to see like why they did this and why they're doing it. It's really cool. I like it. Recommended. Yep. If you would like to send in a question for us to open an episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag SnellTalk. Use question mark SnellTalk in the Relay FM members Discord. This is some follow-out, Jason. Uh, I want to give okay. a shout-out to Shelly Brisbane. Shelly was on an earlier episode of the show this year to give a state of accessibility on Apple's platforms, one of our verticals in the verticals, the verticals. extravaganza. Uh, Shelly has a show called Parallel on Relay FM that's been on a bit of a season break, and the show's back now. And this uh, the episode that just published last week is focused on new updates to the web content accessibility guidelines, which is a thing that I didn't even know existed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say many of our listeners who may be web developers maybe don't know that this exists. So... Go listen to this episode of Parallel if this is of an importance to you in your day job. Did you know that the web content accessibility guidelines, the WCAG, existed? I think I did, but I don't know what's in them. Oh, look at you. Okay, well, there you go. There's a a spectrum of understanding here. You can Mm. know it exists, but if you don't know what's in it, maybe that's still part of the problem. So go and check out this recent episode of Parallel, uh, and you can find out about that. 
Also, if you enjoy this show and you want more of it, you should subscribe to Upgrade Plus. You'll hear no ads and you'll get bonus content every week. This week, Jason's told me that he has thoughts about the book After Steve. which My is a library book. hold came in. Yay! This is a book that I love and have been talking a lot about over the last few months while I was reading it. And I am intrigued because Jason's told me he has, quote, thoughts about it. So maybe my heart's going to get broken. Friends... I did not love it. Uh, okay. Well, if you want to hear what that's all about, uh, go subscribe to Upgrade Plus at getupgradeplus.com. So some follow-up. Uh, Jason, Amazon put their Yankees game on the Yes Network. They did. They did. This is the Aaron Judge hitting home runs. People want to see it. Amazon bought the rights to what previously had been broadcast TV, actually, in the New York area. And so if you were in the New York area this is so strange i think we covered this in a previous episode but just to be clear if you're in the new york area some of the games are on amazon prime video but only in the new york area which is wild they bought broadcast rights essentially um so in this case as aaron judge has been hitting many home runs they took their amazon game and put it on the yes network which is uh the yankee owned cable channel that also is in that region where most of the games are. So that that was one of those sort of like, we want to see it and we don't want to look at Amazon, which is weird because if you're a Yankee fan, like you've had a dozen more games on Amazon this year. You've had the whole season. I think this goes back to that idea that there are some people out there who are just so resistant to streaming that they are going to refuse it even if it's like their favorite team because this is not like... It, I, I find that very strange. Like, mm-hmm. what could motivate you more than your favorite team putting 10 or 15 games a year on Amazon Prime Video? Uh, what could motivate you more than that to figure that out? And uh, yet, uh, people, I, I guess, complained, and Amazon just said, uh, yeah, you will you will put that game on the Yes Network. That's fine. But Amazon owns 15% of the Yes Network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, mm-hmm. it's like, unlike Apple TV+, Plus, Prime Video isn't free, so... Exactly. Right. That is the big difference, right? Is that Apple TV Plus isn't free, right? But the baseball games, at least this year, were free yeah. on Apple TV Plus. So it's a different kind of thing. But but again, th- what this controversy says, uh, and I'll point out again, this is not free. It's cable TV. You got to pay for cable TV yeah. to see it. So I think this plays right into the hands of the people who are the cable providers and channels that have deals with the cable providers, including uh, ultimately the money flows to the baseball team saying, you know, people are like, oh, we want it on cable. And it's like, okay, cable is a pay service that you can get baseball games on. There are others, right? Apple TV, arguably, I know I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Apple TV, arguably, has a bigger addressable audience than cable because all you need is an internet connection and a device, basically like a web browser, will do. And you, which, which again, yes, you have to pay for the internet too, right? Like, but it, 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 people with devices and internet versus people who have paid for cable, I don't know. I think devices and internet's probably a bigger number than people who pay for cable TV at this point, right? And, and if not, it's probably in the ballpark of it. Um, and the only, so the only true free sports is stuff that goes over broadcast and, you know, nobody, I, I haven't seen anybody step up and say, hey, everything should be on broadcast TV, right? That ship mm-hmm. has sailed. So my point is, other ships are also sailing now, and they are streaming sports, and that's just how it is.
So tap to pay was a thing being rolled out for the iPhone. I think it started of a version of iOS 16. This is the idea of no longer needing a card reader to take payments and there are a bunch of companies right. jumping on board. Square has now uh, made it available with their platform. So I think it was just a beta before, but now it's available if you're a Square customer. So if you have one of their little card readers or whatever, you can now, if you have an iPhone that has an NFC chip in it and is supported of the, that version of iOS, um, you'll be able to take payments from sh- just from your device, like device to right. card or device to device. Uh, I think this is a pretty big deal, especially for Square doing it. I feel like they're maybe the or one of the market leaders in this technology. And so now it's available if you are a Square customer. Yeah. So the idea here is that if you are like, I don't know, most of the during the pandemic, especially most of the the places at my local farmer's market now Mm -hmm. are doing, you know, are taking cards and they were because of during the pandemic, they're very much like we can put this little card reader out on the edge and then you don't have to come close to us and it's contactless and all of that. But I also like the idea that that even if you don't have a terminal or a little extension or whatever, maybe you're somebody who is, uh, I'm trying to come up with some examples, but it's like anybody who does fee-for-service stuff and they've got their phone with them and they can say, just tap your card, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying, I've got this square thing plugged in and now here it is and let me run it and all of that because I've, you know, I've I've seen that too. This is way easier than that. It's not maybe as nice as if you've got a setup with a kiosk, little you know, a little thing at the end of your table or whatever. But so convenient to be able to say, as a small business person, to say, uh, you know, just just tap to pay. Yep. And it's done. I mean, so back in the day when uh, I used to go to the Atlanta Pen Show with Brad, and he would have like a table and be selling products right from his company Knock, and he would have to leave his phone with me if he went away because he only had one reader and he didn't want to sign in with the whole app and everything so it was like a whole thing because you had to like link them together but now in theory like everyone that is in a business could sign into the to the app like to the square app and you could just use your own phones to make it work like it feels like this is a little bit more flexible of a situation like or like you'd see people like have you got the reader no right. mary's got the reader you have to go get the reader from mary it's like a whole thing i know also um this is everybody outside of the u.s is going to find this hilarious but it really happens in the u.s which is the plumber the electrician or whatever comes to your house and then they say can you write me a check yeah that's madness well it is it is, and yet, like, what else are they supposed to do? Like, Bank we'll send you a bill. Why, yeah, we don't do that here. Oh, we don't have okay. That. Yeah, okay. Why, wire transfer, that would be like you'd just be burned at the stake for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're like, no, out. Get out. I'm taking your house. Uh, all the plumbing is mine now. Well, Venmo, I guess, right? That's kind of what I'm talking about when I say bank transfer. It, that idea of, like, a very simple person-to-person. Okay. Person, but... I will say... I will say that it that is also, although it's more common than it used to be, that has also struggled to gain acceptance with, I would say, especially an older audience. Mm. Um, my point here is that I think that there's a case to be made that what will finally banish the check, please write me a check, says the plumber, from our world might be them realizing that they can just load an app on their phone and now they can accept that credit card right there. Yeah. yeah. 
um, right? Because their phone is just in their pocket. They don't have that little dealy and now they don't even need it right they, all they need to do is have they can set up or have someone set up for them perhaps if they don't uh if they aren't comfortable with that technology you know and i'm not saying all plumbers are afraid of technology i'm saying my plumber is afraid of technology <laughs> so this is the this is the point maybe this will help banish the, I, i'm optimistic about this because this feels like the kind of thing that really will get the whole right yeah. me check thing out of the u.s finally uh, Jason, get your calendar ready. October 27th, Apple's uh, Q4 earnings call. My calendar is already ready, Mike. I am ready. And that you know what it means? It also means that on Halloween, the spookiest episode of Upgrade will feature spooky results. Ooh. Maybe. They actually could be a fright. They could be? It could be a fright. Mm, we'll see. Or maybe there'll be a treat. Mm-hmm. That'll be our, that's our thing. That's our, that's going to be our thing, right? Apple results, trick or trick treat. Or treat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Get ready. Uh, no rumor roundup this week. There wasn't a ton of compelling stuff. I do have a rumor follow up for you, uh, okay. which is Mark Gurman and his power on newsletter is doubling down. No, not, no October event. He's saying. Is he? Is he? I, I want to parse Mark's words okay. here, if I, if I might. I, w- I would love you to do that. He says, these announcements may not come in the form of another flashy media event. Oh, so he's hedging a bit more, actually. He's not May not. May he's, not. He's hedging down. And flashy media event, right? Which I, I, I think goes back to the conversation we had, which is there's lots of ways to do product releases, right? Like, what's a flashy media event? I, is, is he saying they'll put out a press release and not a video? I mean, maybe, but I would say why wouldn't you do a video at this point, right? Like, why wouldn't you do a video if you have anything worth talking about? And I would yep. argue maybe the MacBook Pro is worth talking about and new M2 processors are worth, talk- worth talking about. Last year they did this and it was, what, a sub-hour video that they put out? Like, why not do it that way? And you don't have to invite the media somewhere just because the last two events they've held have invited the media. You can absolutely do the product briefing thing with members of the media to release this stuff and review it. So I don't know what Mark's trying to say here because he's hedging and he's also saying it's a flashy media event and, you know, is, again, is a 45-minute long video and some briefings with Pratt a media, a flashy media event or not? Um, so I think that I'm still going to remain skeptical of this. I think this is kind of Mark Gurman's, you know, more of a take and less of a report and that's fine, but I have yet to see anything tangible that suggests I, you know, and I'm fascinated by this too, right? Because that's the argument inside Apple is like, well, how do we roll these products out? And I would say you got a new iPad, you got new Mac laptops, the MacBook Pros that are very popular and people care about. You've got new chips to boast about at least a little bit, assuming that they are impressive and you want to boast about them. You got that Mac Pro thing hanging out there. Maybe you do, you know, kind of pre-announce that too. Like, why would you not do a video? Like, what's the extra overhead? I know there's extra overhead to make a video, but like, surely there's way more benefit to telling people next week, tune in, and then letting a whole lot of people watch an hour-long commercial than just putting out a press release and relying entirely on the press to be to mediate between you and your audience, right? The beauty of the Apple video announcement is people tune in and watch it. Whereas if you do a press release, 
it everything's coming through reports and Apple doesn't get to control the story as much as if it has the video that it produces itself. So I'm still skeptical. I want to believe that they're going to do a video, but we'll see. And that'll be a fascinating discussion just about what they, what they announced and what they chose in terms of rolling it out. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I agree with you like, if they did all of those things, right, that it could be what like event worthy, but Let's imagine if they didn't have the Mac Pro to show yeah. or whatever, and it is just like, hey, we have new Pro M2 processors in our iPads, and we have new M2 yes. processors in our MacBooks. It might not be really that exciting. I don't know. If it's literally nothing interesting, it's an M2 MacBook or M2 iPad Pro doesn't do anything interesting, and an and M2s of the Mac Mini and the MacBook Pro, but they're otherwise not that interesting. And if they either don't have anything interesting to say about the higher-end M2 chips, or the truth is that the higher-end M2 chips aren't that impressive, Mm -hmm. it's better to do that as a press release, right? And just say, we refreshed with the M2. It's one more. Yay! And then move on with their lives. Yeah, Absolutely, they could do that. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You'll be able to stand out with a beautiful website so you can engage with your audience and even sell anything, products, services, the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you'll be able to use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visitors are coming from, where your sales are coming from, if you set up a store, they'll let you do all of this. They can help you work out which channels are the most effective for you. Everything is viewable. It can all be analyzed in Squarespace. Then when you have that data, you can use this to improve your website, build a marketing strategy, or even find some top keywords that you want to focus on for your most popular products and content. You'll be able to stand out in any inbox as well of a Squarespace email campaign. It's not just websites, right? You can now encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers to start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers. Just start with an empty template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors, logo, and everything else. They even, of course, have analytics built in so you can measure the impact of every send. But Squarespace, they do it all. If you want to set up a blog, really easy to do. They have fantastic tools to share your stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. I have a bunch of Squarespace websites. I've been using them for over 10 years. Uh, I had to do some work on one of my sites a few days ago. I logged in. I needed to add some content in. It was really easy. I could just click some buttons, add the content, drag it like the blocks around because I wanted to reorder things a little bit. So simple. This is the way that I have always wanted to build websites. Squarespace makes it so easy for me to do it. Go to squarespace.com slash upgrade and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code upgrade. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash upgrade. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code upgrade to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So iOS 16.1 is going through the beta process at the moment. Um, I'm I'm very keen for this for live activities, like when that starts to become a thing. Um, There's Mm -hmm. nothing on that now, but I'm hoping in not the not too distant future that we'll start to understand what that's going to be like. And like, I'm, I'm really keen for that. Cause I think it's going to be a whole different, uh, way of using my new iPhone. Right. Pretty, 
Prinking. Big missing piece of the whole dynamic island story is so, going to come into focus at some point here. That's part of iOS, right? 16.1. But also, we have no version of iPad OS, in case you've not keeping score, in the 16 number, right? At the moment, iPad OS goes to 15.7. And mm-hmm. they delayed it seemingly because they wanted to spend some more time working on Stage Manager, which is still uh, pretty buggy. But now, as of iPadOS 16.1 Beta 3, which came out late last week, Apple have enabled previous iPad Pro models that do not have an M1 chip to be able to use Stage Manager. So namely, the 2018 and 2019 12-inch iPad Pro and the 11-inch iPad Pro, which I saw recently. The 11-inch iPad Pro is now the, the current one, is the longest... Uh, version of a product like uh, sorry the it is the longest life of any iPad from like the current mo- like the age of the current model number I need to find this I saw this as a headline you know it's just one of those headlines like oh, I'll saw that piece of information away for later on but I was like man they've been sitting on that thing for a while I don't understand what that means because so it, okay it, this is from Mac Rumors. The 2021 11-inch iPad Pro has today become, this is last week, the longest-lasting model of its kind ever on sale. As of today, the 2021 11-inch iPad Pro is 513 days old, making it one day older than the previous longest-reigning smaller iPad Pro model, 2016's 9.7-inch iPad Pro. So it's only of iPad Pros. That's probably not as exciting as a statistic. Hey, kids, always read the articles before you say them. What about the M? I mean, wasn't it released the same day as the M1? They were both M1s, right? The 11 and the 12.9. Did they not? I'm confused by that. Uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just regurgitating. The 11 inch shipped before the 12.9, says Zach. Okay. So it's not a huge difference, but that was a point. Congratulations. That was a point of society. All right. The best cup of coffee (laughs) in the world. You did it. What is that from? Elf. Thank you. But what they have done, I mean, the big thing here is they have enabled Stage Manager to work on these three models of iPad Pro. Yes. Which was a complaint people had four months ago. Yes. Yes, this was the initial, after the announcement in June, there was a lot of detective work that people did because they were irate because they said, wait a second, you're saying that the M1 enables, uh, the M1 and the RAM or something enables stage manager, but this older system has the same thing. And so why would you not? And and like, there was a lot of like, this doesn't really make sense. And I think the thought at the time was Apple obviously decided to draw the line here. Like they mm-hmm. didn't want to go back. And I had, I, I had heard that there were, you know, the chance that there were struggles because they're doing the external display and up to eight and all these things. And like, somebody at Apple made the call of like, look, let's just cut it at the M1. Mm-hmm. People who don't have an M1 iPad Pro are like, what are you doing? We bought these, you know, and the, the argument, which I think is a good one, is we bought these overpowered pieces of hardware with the promise. And again, never buy hardware with the promise of upgrades later. Don't do it. But the idea that we all talked about at the time, right, which is like the hardware had so far outpaced the software. So here finally comes multi-window support. And they say, no, no, no. <laughs> Your hardware that was so advanced is now not advanced enough to do this feature. And so interesting pivot that obviously, you know, to be a fly on the wall inside Apple for this interesting pivot here where they have now decided to enable it on the older iPad Pro models 
um, and simultaneously hold off on the release of support for the external display on all iPads. So the non-M1 models will not be able to do external display support. They'll only get to be able to use right. up to four apps at a time on the iPad's display. On the, on the screen itself. And and uh, 16.1 um, has had external display support for the M1 models turned back off. Coming later because, this year. Because they, they are... They are clearly focused on shipping Stage Manager, and so they've expanded the base of the on-screen Stage Manager, and they're now going to try to you know fix the bugs and ship that out. So the good news is, if you've got an iPad Pro from eighteen and nineteen, and you want to use Stage Manager, you can. The bad news, I guess, is for everybody, uh, external display Stage Manager is not is not going to happen uh, for sixteen point one. It's going to come later. And that will still only be to M1, mm-hmm. um, which is, I, you know, I'll just throw in there. I think this is a little bit curious, like, because they talk about the eight at a time. But but what they don't talk about is another design decision that they made that I don't like, which is the inability to run an iPad on external display uh, with the screen turned off. Right? Like, uh you have to have, you know how you, you can close a MacBook and plug it into an external display, and then it's only driving the one display. Well, you can't do that with an iPad. You have to have your iPad open somewhere with the screen on, and that's a decision Apple made, right? They they made that decision to do it that way. And I would argue that maybe that leads to the fact that these other iPads can't support an external display because... It's always said in the context of, oh, well, up to eight apps at once with an external display, like four and four. But I wonder if it, at the beginning of this process, they had said, yes, let's do a screen off mode um, if those older ones might have supported an external display, too. But they seem, again, to have come too far down this path. I still have hope that maybe an iOS, iPad OS 17, they'll do a proper kind of lid closed iPad because I find it really distracting and extraneous to have the iPad screen and my big screen on at the same time. But um, but in any way, in any event, it is good news. I will also say, sorry to be the bearer of negativity in this good moment, users of older iPad Pros, but I think Stage Manager is actually better on an external display and is a little less useful on an internal display, especially the smaller one. I'm not as down on stage manager as Federico Vitici is, but it, it feels to me like it really works best when you've got lots of screen space, like on an external display, <laughs> because I always find myself with two apps side by side in windows in stage manager, thinking to myself, how is this better than split view? Right. Like yeah. I'm using, I'm actually using more pixels on Chrome and backgrounds and, and corners of windows and stuff. And if all I really want is the two things side by side, and that's not always what I want, but often that's what I want. That's not actually better than split view at all. And in fact, if you turn off stage manager at that point, they just go into split view. So it's a weird feature. Like I'm glad it exists. I'm glad that external display support is going to exist at some point here, even though they pulled it from the betas. I'm glad that they're supporting older systems, but there is, and, and people can listen to last week's episode of connected. If they want to hear some more of Federico 
uh, talking about this because he spent the whole summer with it. Like, it's buggy. I think I'm not as down on its premise as, as he is, but um, it's got weird bugs and the weird bugs keep coming at a moment where you'd expect uh, to see it settling down and being shippable. As he pointed out, like there's a weird bug where if you click on a window, um, y- then it can't hear your mouse clicks until the best part. My favorite part is until you move the mouse pointer, the pointer outside of the window's boundary and then move it back in, and then it'll hear your clicks. You don't have to click outside. You just need to move the pointer outside, and then move it back in, and then you can click. And it's like, well, wait a second. It's it's almost October. Now it is October. And we're getting new bugs in, in this thing. It's troubling. Like the, I think I think all of us have this kind of like spider sense tingle happening where we're like, mm, this is not how this is supposed to go in terms of shipping this product. So, um, you know, I think the good news is I think it ships turned off. I, I agree with Federico. It might be wise for them to not even tout this feature when they roll it out and to have it like be there as a secret feature you can turn on, but not promote it, not suggest that anybody use it until they get it to the point where it's um, it's in better shape. Yeah, I was talking about this on Connected, like, you know, like as you said, like Federico was... I don't I don't know if the if it's right to say like he doesn't believe in the premise is that it's it's the current like way that it works I think is a bigger issue for him where he mm. feels like he can't even properly use it because he's coming up against bugs constantly. No, but but he he would he would very obviously prefer a tiling system, right? He wants yeah. he he would prefer that it be split view plus, right? Where yeah. which I I see the argument there. I don't like tiling systems. I don't like I like th- like on my Mac, I don't have every window not overlapping and to all the way out, spread out to the far corners, right? And the problem with the tiling system is something's got to be on the far edge because that's how tiling works. I don't, I don't actually like that. I like freeform. I get why some people like tiled windows. Mm. There are lots of Mac utilities that do tiled windows. But um, I will say that I, I, I do sort of see his point sometimes, like I said, when I've got the two, I've done a lot of work to get two windows side by side in Stage Manager. And all I'm doing is really replicating split view, which I would just get if I turned Stage Manager off. Yeah. But like my, my feeling is, is that I'm not, I don't know if they're putting the right efforts into the right places with stage manager. Like I just, I'm not sure. You know, like I was talking about this and I think Steve Trout Smith was tweeting about like maybe, you know, I I was positing the question is if this took a lot of work from them to make it work on the non M1 iPads. I saw him saying something like they could just enable it. I wonder if there was a lot of optimization work needed. Um, But all I feel like I can see is this is a feature which, should have evolved in like a lot of really positive ways over the beta period. And there were some changes that have been good, sure. but like it kind of feels like at least on the iPad, the, just the fundamental premise is a little flawed. Like you can't freely move the windows around, right? Still. And like, that is a great point. The idea that, <laughs> all right, <laughs> first off, they say, okay, we're not going to do tiling. We're not going to do super split view. We're not going to do that. We're going to do freeform windows and you can resize them and you can drag them around on screen. And you're like, all right, all right. Okay. So more like the Mac. Great. And then they say, no, no. When we say freeform, we don't mean it. <laughs> we mean certain sizes 
and certain places you can drag them. Freely form within a set level of forms. <laughs> That's what you can do. Well, it's like, well, why, why, what are we doing here then? Like, why wouldn't you just do tiling at that point? It's like, and, and over the summer, what, one of the things I've noticed is that they've been tweaking that a little bit where it's like slightly freer. And guys, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what are, what is going on here that you're, it just seems weird. It's like, are you going to the point where they're just going to be totally freeform at some point? You're just going to check that box and be like, all right, go, go to town, everybody. It, it, it's this weird middle where they're like, we want you to have control, but not too much control. And at that point, like, I don't know, it either needs to be way smarter or it needs to just be freeform windows, right? Yeah. Like just, just embrace that. And I think that comes to the larger point, which maybe you were getting at there a little bit too, which is like, I'm not sure this is a feature that sprung from a vision about what the end point was. And this is my larger point. When you talk about like, you'd expect there to be more progress over the summer. This is my larger point about stage manager, which is stage manager really feels like we're watching what usually happens behind the scenes happen in public, which is there. It feels to me like they're still figuring it out. And I, I don't mind that being done in public. I think it's kind of great because we are all able to give them feedback about it. But it is unusual for Apple because usually they go through all of this on the inside and then they spring something where they're all kind of in alignment and they're like, yes, this is what we're going to do. And they spring that on as a WWDC. And maybe they thought that's what it was at WWDC, but it became clear pretty rapidly that it wasn't <laughs> and that there really wasn't kind of alignment and that the feedback was very strong. And again, credit to them for listening to the feedback. But here we are in this point now where it feels to me like on the one hand, I, I kind of want this feature. On the other hand, this feature seems half-baked. It really just seems yeah. like they need to spend not weeks, right, but months on adjusting it. And that's that's my greatest fear about Stage Manager is that whatever they ship in 16.1, they're going to say, well, that's what we shipped and they're going to walk away from it for at least a year. And I... I, I think it's not at the point now where I I would like them to spend the next year in 16.2 and 0.3 and 0.4 and 0.5 working on stage manager. Because if they ship something that's kind of, you know, imperfect and then say, well, now we're going to go behind the curtain and do the rest of our work behind the curtain. See you in a year or two. Yeah. Um, I think that's irresponsible. Because like, I think it was in 16.1 beta 2. They added the ability that you could freely move an app horizontal. But not vertically. But only if there was an app larger behind it. Behind it, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, why is that the... <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. It's so arbitrary. And, well, and, and why... Okay, you know, on the iPhone... What Apple has told us is, hey, we know you like lock screen images and uh, wallpaper. We, we're going to create a whole system for that. Mm -hmm. In Stage Manager, they're like, you know that wallpaper that you very carefully picked for yourself? We're going to fuzz it in the background so it's it's unviewable <laughs> while you're using Stage Manager in the foreground. Like, yeah. why? Why would, that makes why would you do that? makes it feel like you're using a system on top of a system which shouldn't be how this feels. I know that's what it kind of like is, the way they make you enable it. But like 
I feel like it shouldn't be like I'm enabling stage manager mode. It should just be more I choose to use my windows this way, right? Like that. That's like a. I feel like that that blurring is kind of emblematic of an overall thing about stage yes. manager, right? Where they're like, oh, this is a mode, not like, hey, we're rethinking the way that this is supposed to work. Because correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't blur your background on macOS. No. Yeah, I don't. I mean, on macOS, you can now actually choose to sh- show the documents in the Finder too. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> it's it's on macOS. They've said, "Oh yes, your backdrop is your backdrop," a- and yet on iOS, they're like, "No, no." When you're using Stage Manager, although we'll give you a hint of what's back on your on your on your backdrop that you selected yourself, you can't see it. It's not legible. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, people like that. Why would you do that? And it's interesting that you mentioned the mode. I do think, I mean, we'll see how this goes. But like I have I have occasionally used Stage Manager on the iPad with apps maximized. And what I found is it, it kind of feels like what they want the iPad ultimately to feel like, which because you can use it with all apps maximized, but Stage Manager turned on. And all all that really changes is that the animations are different. But otherwise, it feels like the iPad, right? Because all of the all of the windows are full screen, or at least you could switch between ones that are full screen and the ones that have two windows floating and all of that different stages. And I think, yeah, this is almost a vision of where the iPad is going, which is everything's full screen by default. Stage manager is always on. And then you can pop things out of full screen and do stuff with them. But what's interesting is, right, like... That's kind of way in the background <laughs> because the because the work hasn't been done up up in the up in the foreground yet to make it worth it. And so instead stage manager remains a mode that is, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated by it because I'm I'm like Federico, one of those people who's been asking for this kind of feature for a long time now. And what I don't feel like is that I've got a clear vision of like Apple knows why all of these decisions have been made. It feels much more like mm. Like, let's change this. Are you happy now? Let's change this. Are you happy now? And that's the, I mean, I, I appreciate listening to the users, but I would also like a very clear and consistent vision about why this, pro, why this feature exists and how it's supposed to be used. And the problem is that it's just kind of muddy right now. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Memberful. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience and is used by the biggest creators on the web to generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying revenue streams. You may have heard us talk about Upgrade Plus. We spoke about it earlier on in the episode. Memberful is the platform that we use to power Upgrade Plus. They make it incredibly easy for us to generate the ability to deliver extra content to our users whilst also generating extra revenue so we're able to diversify the income that we make from Upgrade. So really great. If you're already producing content, maybe you're relying on advertising or some other form of income. Memberful makes it really easy to get a diversification of what you're doing with everything that you need to run a membership program of your own. They have custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, 
and your membership. They make it really easy to manage. You know, we, we really push their system in a bunch of ways of like all the different plans that we offer here at Relay FM, but they make it very easy to use, very easy to manage. I really enjoy all of the like, they have like a great dashboard that kind of shows all the information you want to know about what's going on, how many members you have, little graphs and all that kind of stuff. I think it's really, really great to be able to look at it and understand how we're doing. You can even send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful. You don't need to connect it to a third-party email provider. You can also publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful-hosted members-only website so people can easily access like a back catalog of your issues. There's no additional fee if you're signed up for Memberful's pro or premium plans, so you're going to save money compared to hooking up with a popular hosted newsletter platform. You're like getting all the integration set and you don't need to do any of that. It's just all within Memberful. If you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize your passion. Get started for free at memberful.com slash upgrade. No credit card required. That's memberful.com slash upgrade. Go there now and check it out. It could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and Relay FM. So one day last week, Jason sent me a tweet and he said, we need to cover this on the show. We yes. need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of uh, Tim Cook and Eddie Q at Oktoberfest in uh-huh. Munich, right? Yep. And, you know, we were like, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a, like a funny photo. Like, it's like an interesting thing. Why are they there? Why are they doing this? And, you know, we were like, oh, we should talk about, like, the wild European tour that yes. Tim Cook seems to be on right now. So uh-huh. today I sat down and went through Tim's tweets and – have oh, excellent. Uh, I'm now going to give you a blow by blow of everything Tim Cook has been doing over the last week based upon his Twitter account, right? It is amazing. I, I should say he started in New York, so he was already flying east. He he went to to yeah. Apple Fifth Avenue, Apple Upper West, West Side, and Apple Upper East Side. That's just he was just getting making his way. He just didn't want to do started. Tim doesn't want to do a twelve hour flight, right? So he's going to do like a five hour flight and then a six hour flight or whatever. You know, he's going to break it up. He's he's a big powerful executive. All right, so begins in London with some store visits. Yes, this is the second time that I've decided not to go to an Apple store on a day, and then Tim Cook has appeared in that Apple store later <laughs> on that day. I did have that time where I where I was in the store with Johnny Ive, though, so that would do for me more than enough. all right. Because I don't think I could do the whole selfie thing anyway. I, I don't think I would be able to pluck no. up the courage. And it's a zoo. It's a zoo. I, I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do that. I would be way too embarrassed, and I also don't want to try and muscle my way in the swarm of people right mm-hmm. uh he then uh announced a new partnership with the south bank center in london which as part mm-hmm. of their racial equity and justice initiative so spreading it out from outside of the u.s it's then right. now quote, quote t- tweeting another picture of him in mm-hmm. london mm-hmm. then he showed off the first images of the new london campus built inside of Battersea power station which looks stunning it does it looks so beautiful I hope I would get to see that at some point in my life, but I don't know. Like, it seems like it actually, weirdly, I feel like more likely for me to see the inside of uh, Apple Park than whatever they're going to call the Apple London office. I, I am sure that there's somebody who listens who's going to end up working at uh, the Apple office at Battersea, and they're going to. They're not going to let me in. They're going to let you in. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I. 
I w- might have to do a canary in the coal mine kind of thing there, right? Because maybe I wouldn't be able to say I was in, so we can uh, c- come back on maybe. later on. But the images are beautiful. There was then a, I think, really weird Ted Lasso photo shoot where they do like a staged image of them in like the executive box. Let's break it down. Uh, so the tweet is go AFC Richmond. In this panel, we have actors from Ted Lasso and people from Apple. Yeah. So like Lisa Jackson is there with Tim and uh and uh Deirdre O'Brien's Deirdre. in that image, I think. Yeah. Yep, she's she's there. And I think there's an Apple uh PR person there too. And then also we have one, two, three, four, five, five members of the Ted Lasso team, uh, including Jason Sudeikis is right behind Tim Cook. But I wanna I wanna focus on the right side of this image. <laughs> Okay. Where Hannah Waddingham is pumping fists and shouting. And next to her, Eddie Q is pointing with his finger and shouting. And I just want to say, like, I saw some people on the internet are like, you know, okay, well, you can tell who the actors are and who the not actors are. You really right? can. Like, like, you really can. Except for Eddie Q, but you really can, Except right? Except friends <laughs> for Hannah Waddingham and Eddie Q, who are sharing the exact same energy. It's amazing. Well, this, but this is the thing. I feel like Hannah Waddingham is doing, I think, the best job of, sh- of like trying to portray what should be portrayed in this moment, which is like yes. they're supposed to have scored. But right. Eddie Q, similar energy that he's bringing yes. to the whole situation. Like, I can also do that. Yes. Yeah. Tim Cook has no acting ability. I think we've seen this in a few different ways. Hooray! I don't think it's his thing. I do- and look, this isn't a criticism. He's not trying to be an actor. But at the same time, yeah. I don't know why they decided to do this. Like, there's so many other ways they could have done Because obviously there's a photographer down below saying, all right, we're going to score a goal. Goal! Yay! Click, 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 click. Right? Well, That's what they're doing there. Why couldn't they have just had a picture? picture of them all together you know it's also like there's so many things that i'm intrigued about this like why did they do this this is like like breaking down a renaissance painting isn't it like what is this what is this about what like i mean i have other questions of like why is deirdre o'brien and lisa jackson there like but not all the time why is it i mean i think i can kind of guess why eddie q is there right yes right but like i but then it's like why then is like eddie q in another image but nobody it's like all, all these things i don't understand but the bigger thing is like what is going on with ted lasso right like mm-hmm. this is the thing that's being spoken about of like it's late potentially over budget like and like is that why tim cook and eddie q went to go meet with (laughs) jason sudeikis and like right like what's going on here you know or is it just like a meet and greet but maybe they had a little conversation i think well i think they were they were they're still in london shooting and they're planning this thing so that it became a you know you're gonna come and you know we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff with tim and eddie yeah it's uh it's something. Anyway, I just this I love that. I, mean, I got more. I have more to say about Eddie Q. Yeah, but, uh, I'm sure. just gonna leave it there for now. Uh-huh. Uh, when we get to the later Hosen, I have more to say about Eddie Q. But just Eddie Q, Hannah Waddingham, they are uh, feeling the same vibe in that shot. I love yep. it. So we're still in London at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim meets some female founders, like as part of like a founders group in London. Uh, he visits with musicians at apple's platoon studios and i was like what is that i googled it 
like, they bought a company in like 2018, 2019 called Platoon Studios. And it's about like music creation and distribution. Seemed like maybe they just wanted to have some studios. And there's a uh, uh, Nandy Bushell who people might know from, she's the drummer who did those YouTube videos with uh, Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so there's a picture of Tim Cook and Lisa Jackson with her at the drum kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then go off to Berlin. Off to, yes, to Berlin. For some store visits at first. It always starts with store visits. Um, I wonder if the retail staff know this is going to happen. I bet like the manager knows, right? I, I think I think everybody knows. You reckon I mean, everybody here, knows? I think I think everybody knows. It's like Tim's going to be here on this day. They, they like you can't be here, <laughs> right? Like not not you, Gunter. Mm-mm. No. Oh right, like or, or maybe just like all of a sudden for some reason you're told like don't worry about coming to work today. Why? Don't worry, you're still paid. But yeah, just don't come no. in. <laughs> just don't, don't, don't come in. Just don't come in. Then a beer with Eddie Q at Oktoberfest. Oh, okay. Yes. And a tweet, nice tweet. Shay das ma vida amoy, what is it? Gemedlich zamsitzen. So happy to be back in Oktoberfest post. Okay. All right. They got the giant beers. Um, Tim and Eddie on the left side. Eddie's got the lederhosen on. Tim Tim's got his khakis on. This is Tim. Yes, this, this is Germany. the great part, right? Like Hello, uh, everybody else is, is fully decked out. He has decided lederhosen not for me, right? But uh, he's just got you say some red, regular jackets on. Yeah, just yeah. He's he's just decided he's put the he's put the uniform on on the top, but on the bottom he's like, I'm not mm-hmm. wearing that. I'm just gonna wear my khakis. No one will notice. Well, we noticed him. I see. It you. gets cold. They got their beers. I've done it. A couple of years yeah, ago, sure. Uh, I think it's it was October. 2019 Oktoberfest. I got, I did the whole thing. Well, I didn't get the jacket, but I had the whole lederhosen thing, and mm-hmm. I had a shirt and all that, and I was ready to go, and it was freezing. But I had the long socks, which you also do. So really, it's just the knees that get cold. Yeah. Um, I just want to say again, Eddie Q. Like Tim, Tim's got his smile of like smile for the camera. Tim, the people next to him are looking off away from the camera as is eddie q i think that's interesting that tim is super locked in to the camera but there's somebody to the left of the cam of the photographer who clearly is also taking a picture well i think there's a bunch of pictures and the one that tim chose to publish is the one where he's looking at the camera right you know tim doesn't care if eddie q's looking but let me let me boil this down look at eddie q eddie q is never not having fun isn't he like Eddie is having Eddie is having a good time, and I don't know if Eddie drank that whole beer, but I'm going to wager that Eddie drank more of it than Tim did. Those beers, hard to hold. Huge glasses, really Huge, heavy. Very heavy. Uh, very oh no, heavy. I get it. I I get it. But like, I don't know. Eddie Q, he's having a good time. That's all I'm saying. I love I love Eddie's energy on this yeah. trip in these photos. It's amazing. I just I just don't understand how this came to be. I don't know why this came to be. And also, who are those other people? Who are they? Do you know who I they are? Know. Does anybody know, know who, who they, they are? are? Like, they must be know. important, right? Apple. And like, maybe someone's going to tell me like, hey, Mike, that's the mayor of like Munich. Uh, of Munich, you know what I mean? yeah. It's like, okay. Like, but it's I the, don't know this. <laughs> and, and Tim Marshall has not made it a thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. not mentioned who they are. Yeah, yeah. She's the Marshal of Bavaria and he is the mayor of Munich. Let's say okay. We'll sure, go with that. I like that. Um, I you know, Tim, uh, Tim is having a good time. Mike, I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna make a proposal now. 
we may this may become so legendary that we may have to follow in Tim's and Eddie's shoes. We may have to recreate this ourselves. I would one hundred percent do this. I'll fly to London. We'll go. Yep. Uh, we'll go, go to, to, to various Apple stores, and then yeah, off to Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. where where you will put on the later hosen and I will wear khakis. <laughs> I feel like I mean, look, I don't know Tim Cook personally, and like. I learned some information about him from the After Steve book, potentially. We'll talk about that in Upgrade Plus. Go to getupgradeplus.com. <laughs> this doesn't necessarily feel like his vibe. Like, I don't really know. I can't. I'm just like, fascin- why is he there? You know? So the guy next to him, we've just got gotten okay. this in from our experts in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Discord, uh, including a friend of the show, Saskia. He's a German TV personality. Kai Flama. Well, that's only made it worse for me. Right? Because that doesn't make any sense. Were they doing an interview? He's, a, he's a, literally a game show host. Game show host. Oh, why then? Hmm. I, I don't know. All right. Well, that's, that's only deepened the curiosity for me. D- do they know each other? Are they trying to like do some German TV content? Maybe so. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe there's a segment where he like maybe t- that's why Eddie's there. It's we took them. No, I was thinking maybe it's we took. Uh, he's doing a TV uh, bit where it's like Tim Tim Cook visited Oktoberfest and mm. uh, we went along with him or something. Yeah, maybe it's like a little interview well, kind of thing. Who knows? Off the next the next day, <laughs> yep. presumably uh, in the morning. So Eddie's not there because he was he's sleeping it off uh, to a. <laughs> anechoic chamber where <laughs> where where i believe a new member of the road trip is revealed because i think that's johnny srucci that is johnny srucci so wh- whether he was there this all is along fascinating. And said, don't do take they pictures just come and go like <laughs> or, i will catch up with you in munich well yeah i'll catch up with you in munich tim Man. and he's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and tim's like look i was at oktoberfest yesterday like, if you ever had beers of Eddie, because like I have beers of Eddie, I, right? You I know held what that a beer. means. Well, yeah. So they're in an anechoic chamber, which I've been in in Cupertino actually during Antenna Gate, which was really fun. It's the kind of place where you walk, you step into it, you don't realize that there's like noises and echoes and things everywhere in your life until you step into an anechoic chamber, and it's as if you have lost your hearing because suddenly it is creepily. Maybe silent. Tim had a hangover. And could only exist inside of an anechoic chamber that day. It's the only this. This is this is where Eddie slept last night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. All right, all right. So uh, this is some cellular testing they were doing there. He then went yep. on to meet some Munich-based photographers. Okay. Uh, then did a meet and greet at Bio, FC Bayern Munich, where they gave him a replica shirt. Yeah, they they had the surfing the 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 urban surfing right like that was that was that part which is interesting people surfing at an urban surfing something in munich and yes then uh, off to off to fc bayern Mm -hmm. and uh, and apple rosenstrasse our first show our first store in germany he says so yeah off for more stores uh then he heads off to naples hold now now hold on before we get there Mm -hmm. i have some another update um from from uh, Emma, who has sent a link to Apple Boss Tim Cook celebrates with Kai Flama at the Oktoberfest and suddenly tweets in Bavarian. 
story. Tim Cook used his visit, visit to Germany for a detour to the Oktoberfest. Is there anything in there or is this just German clickbait? What What is go, uh, going on? Tim is here. They're upset that he renounced Lederhosen, apparently. <laughs> the television presenter had apparently made an appointment with the CEO beforehand. He posted several pictures and videos of it on his Instagram account. Uh... But he, yes, Tim renounced uh, Lederhosen. And, and they say he appeared in jeans. Those are khakis. Those aren't jeans. Maybe that's a, a translation issue. Yeah, I will say that this is one of those things where I'm like really thankful for web translation inside yep. of Safari. Safari still doesn't support as many languages as Chrome does, but I'm happy they added this feature. So, because now we can... It doesn't really... Basically, this is an article just referencing the fact that this happened. It doesn't really yes. seem to give us any more context as to why it happened, which is the real holy grail. Other than that... The... That the TV presenter also put it on his Instagram. I, I, uh, yeah. Okay, off to Naples. Which I'm not surprised. Yeah, off to Naples. Napoli, Italia. Going to Naples. Meet some artists that are using technology for sculpture. Mm -hmm. I always wonder when I see these things. So you see a picture and like a guy is explaining something to Tim Cook. How long do you think they spend together? Oh, I don't know, 15 minutes. It's got to be, right? Like, like a quick, very quick Whisks drop in, drop in, out. Yeah. He then moves on to speaking at a Naples de the Naples Developer Academy. So Apple set up a bunch of these developer academies around the world. Mm -hmm. I think Italy was one of the first ones. And he did a meet and greet and looks like he did some kind of panel or conversation yep. thing there. Mm -hmm. yep. Tim is then given an honorary diploma at the University of Naples Federico II. <laughs> <laughs> it just continues. It's like, um, one day I'm getting you a beer. Okay. Now I'm in okay. a chamber. Now I have a diploma. <laughs> so so I, I, I sent you that note about the ah. Ted Lasso thing, right? Yeah. And then the Oktoberfest thing happened. And I thought, well, this is amazing. And then it was like, but wait for it. Wait for it. Boom. Honorary degree from Federico II. Uh, where he's got his sort of robes on and the, the, the man presenting it to him has sort of like a fur around his neck and a hat and robes. Mm -hmm. And there's a giant oversized novelty diploma for, uh, for an honorary degree in innovation and international management. What? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Tim then met with some Paralympians and is mm -hmm. holding a fencing sword. I, don't, I know they've got a better name than that. A but... foil. Foil. foil and i do wonder is he holding it for the paralympian or do you think they did a bit of fencing i think they said tim here is a foil and he said great and that right. was it for the photo op, right let's make it look uh -huh. like that you just engaged in a in some fencing he then met with some photographers in milan mm -hmm. did a store visit in milan met with an app a milan based app developer called bending spoons then spent some time with the Apple team in Milan. It was like a photo op. And then it came out today that he also had a private audience with the Pope while he was what? in Italy. Yeah. What? Yeah. This was there were some images of this released today. This was not something that he tweeted about, which is interesting. No, no Pope selfie. But this was a point this was reported on via Reuters that Tim had a um a private meeting with the Pope. I mean, we we have there are pictures of Tim shaking the hands of Pope Francis and Tim sitting upright in a in a probably uncomfortable chair speaking to the Pope. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time Tim Cook has visited Pope Francis. Is that true? 
This is what 9to5Mac says. Previously paid a visit to the Vatican in January of 2016. Mm. But that was a private meeting with no, not a, no photo op for that one. Oh, I see. I've said this a bunch on this show before, but like Tim Cook is as powerful as a world leader. Yes. And like these sure. things, when he does these things, this is what world leaders do. Like, yep. You know, like they go and they do these tours and like they do all these meet and greets and like these follow ups, <laughs> right? Like, what, what, what role, what role does Eddie Q serve in this parallel of world leader? Know, what, what's, what's Eddie doing? I mean, he's, I you know. know He's out there having a good time, he's you know? Secretary of Commerce Making or something. Making deals. Maybe he's over there and he's like shooing Sudeikis along. You're like, come yeah. on, Jason. Let's finish Could this be. off, shall we, please? Could be. Don't make Tim angry. That's Tim Cook's tour of Europe for now. I don't know he's done. I'm assuming he's done. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's been silent since the Pope. Maybe the Pope said too many photos on Twitter. <laughs> like, sorry, Pope. Sorry. <laughs> Give it a rest, will you? Padre. Um, I, again, I just, you know, I'm following along in real time and each photo is more, well, mm-hmm. like a lot of them are standard photos, right? You're like, oh yes, we went to a store. Great. Yep. And here's some, we met with some developers and here's an inspiring person we met with. I'm like, okay. And now here, now we're holding giant beers with Eddie Q at Oktoberfest. What? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, now we're in Italy. I'm like, oh, geez, how long is this tour going to go? I feel for the guy. And then, and they're like, yeah, we met with these people and these people. Oh, and then I got an honorary degree from the guy with the hat and the fur. I'm like, what? <laughs> so uh, just very entertaining. So I hope you've enjoyed this <laughs> this retrospective tour of Europe with Tim Cook. It's amazing. Maybe there's an Apple TV Plus series in this. It's Tim Cook searching for the Pope. Tim Travels. Tim Travels. It's like, would be like cooking up or something, right? Like, uh, right? It's some, there's European something. European cooking. Yeah. There's something there, right? Like it's like cooking something. Tim and Eddie do Europe. That will work for me. This episode is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. You want to make sure that you can trust your Mac. It is a crucial tool for work, for education, maybe for social life, whatever it is that you're doing on your Mac. A Mac pour on a mission to help machines help you, which is why they developed Clean My Mac X, which is an ideal decluttering app for the Mac that can keep yours in tip-top shape. Clean My Mac X includes 49 tools to help you find and delete invisible computer junk. It helps you tune up your Mac to help it run at its full capacity. It organizes your disk space. It shows you large hidden folders, meaning that you can free up tons of space so your Mac never runs into issues of storage. This is the thing that I use Clean My Mac X for. Like, it was a few versions of macOS ago. It became really hard to actually find out, no, how much space do I actually have on my computer? Because I feel like my computer lies to me a lot. Clean My Mac X helps me find the files that I want to get rid of and makes it really easy to free up that space. I also find it helpful if I'm running into like you know, Dropbox issues or whatever. I want to move some space there. I can do all of that because I can see what's in all my files and get things removed. It's really, really great. Uh, it will Clean My Mac X will help you fight Mac-specific malware and adware to protect your computer and all in all prevents your Mac from cluttering, from lagging, from slowing down. Clean My Mac's all-new menu bar app helps you take care of your Mac's health. 
with six detailed monitors to provide useful information about your Mac's available storage, the state of protection, your CPU performance, RAM, battery, and network speeds. Claim My Mac X is notarized by Apple and is available in the Mac App Store, so it's all checked and it's all good. It's good for security and it's great to have it there. It also really stands out in its design. In 2021, Clean My Mac was honored with the Red Dot Award with UX Design as its focus and has become a Webby Award nominee this year. Get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash upgrade. This discount is only available for two weeks, so go now to macpaw.app slash upgrade for 5% off. Despite the war in MacPaw's home country of Ukraine, the team have worked hard to make sure there are no disruptions in the support and development of Clean My Mac X. The product is stable, safe, and secure, and I believe is a team worth supporting. So go now to macpaw.app slash upgrade. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for the support of this show and Relay FM. It is time for some hashtag ask upgrade questions. Today we start with Cameron who says, Jason, was there a testing mode for the iPhone satellite communication feature made available to reviewers? No, okay. but this is not because the feature's not out yet. I wonder though if when they turn this feature on in a software update, if there will be okay. something for us to test it as reviewers, right? Something that's allowed so that we're not, you know, doing fake <laughs> emergency reports. So my guess is my guess is that that may happen, that they may actually right. contact a bunch of reviewers and say, here is how you can test this um, Maybe feature. there's like a period of time where like they know that any of these calls aren't real right. or whatever. Right, or, or there's a certain thing we can do to, you know, to do a test that is not there for the regu- for regular people, but right. we can we know where it is, we know what to tap or whatever. I think they would be smart to do that, right, when they're rolling it sure. out. Basically, that's another story saying Apple activates this, and so as a part of that, they get people... Also, because you don't want everybody, but you certainly don't want the people who are trying to report on this to, to clog actual, you know, emergency lines. So we'll see, but not yet. Right. Cause that, that feature is not in there yet. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't actually know it wasn't available yet. I mean, cause this is a, it's not available in the UK at all um, for the foreseeable future. Right. Like we don't know how long it will be. I kind of just like had written it off in my mind. Like I hadn't really thought about the feature. I, I, because I know that the car crash detection like that is available now, um, but so like I kind of just put those two things together in my brain. But obviously, it's not available now. Hmm. Okay, I reckon they will do it. Give you some kind of way to to do it, or you know, because it, it feels like that's an important part of talking about the feature. You've got to be able to try and use it. Whether they know, like, it's every every reviewer going to get it, or are they going to go to like five reviewers and say, "Here's a thing you can do." I don't know that part, but it would be smart if they did. Yeah, and that might be just uh, like a complexity thing, right? That they might have to just pick a few people and, you know, so they're not making, I don't know, because it feels like it might be, who knows? Anyway, Sean asks, Jason, can you help me choose between the Kobo Clara HD and the Kobo Clara 2? Well, these are ebook readers. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have the Kobo Clara. Oh, okay. Um, I it's not one of the ones that I have. It doesn't have buttons. I'm a strong proponent of page turn buttons, and that's why I think that if you can uh, if you can get the Kobo Libra, it's better. 
it's got buttons. Libra 2 is is the one that's the current version. They're both pretty close. The only real difference between them is that the Libra 2 has USB-C and the Libra has min micro USB. So um, USB-C is better just because you've got those cables around yeah. somewhere and can find them faster. But I would I would go with that over the Clara, even though it's more expensive because I'm a big believer in page turn buttons. I haven't tried the Clara so I I can't actually review it. That's their that's their lower end one. Right. Um, I'm such a believer in physical page turn buttons that I I don't really like or want to use those. And and the, I didn't get the I got the higher end ones when I was uh, reviewing the these. So I haven't I don't have a my my choice there is look at I mean I don't know the difference between the HD and the two. Um, my guess is that the, it's not particularly great. Um, I think the Clara two is the one that's current. So. I get get one with buttons. <laughs> That's essentially my review. I should also say the Kindle, uh, the Kindle software is better than it used to be. The Kindle software is not necessarily as good as the Kobo software, but it used to be a much wider gap than it is now. So you could also look at the Kindle Paperwhite, which is comparable, and um, and the software, like I said, is a lot better than it used to be. So Kindles are also acceptable. The Paperwhite's a pretty good deal. Um, but right now my ebook reader of choice is the Kobo Libra two. I like the size. Uh, I like the price. It's, 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 it's like a, more than a hundred dollars cheaper than the, um, than the Kindle Oasis, which is the cheapest Kindle that has physical page turn buttons. And does it feel a hundred dollars cheaper? Yeah. I mean, it's all plastic, but otherwise it's the same and it's cheaper. So it depends on how much money you want to pay for one of these. But Libra is my favorite right now. Tyler asks, I haven't heard it discussed as much as the bigger features, but the sound that, I, that the iPhone makes when you ping it from your watch has changed of iOS 16. What do you think of the new sound, and do you use the feature often? So this is when you can use the watch and you can have it make the noise, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like when you want to find mm-hmm. your phone? Yeah. I'm not used to it, but I don't really have an... I, I don't... I don't care beyond that. Hopefully it's more audible. It it seemed it's just different. It, the new I, I don't... sound is nicer, I think. I found the old sound to be quite like piercing. Mm-hmm. And the new one I find to be a more pleasant noise right. than the old one. I guess one. the question is, is that what you want? Do you want piercing? I can give you a demo of what the new one sounds like, which is this. Okay. Hmm. It is more pleasant, isn't it? Yeah, it's much more pleasant. I don't know if it helps you find it more or less, but I expect they've probably done some work on that, right? That like it's, you know, it's probably good enough. But I do use this feature a lot. It is a feature in my house which if you ever hear this sound, you get to laugh at the other person. So me and Adina have this. It's true. Like it's funny because if you've heard that noise, right. you know, Something bad's happening. You've looked and you can't find it now. Can't find it. <laughs> you know? And so that there is something funny about that for sure. But yeah, I do. I use it. I'm very happy that that feature exists. Um, I kind of, and I'm happy now that they seem to be making more devices like this. So we were talking, me and Jason were talking about this before the show. Uh, we both haven't been able to use AirPods Pro yet. Like, I think we'll probably have something to say about those next week. Mine, I think, have arrived today. I haven't, uh, at home, so I haven't been able to use them yet. But I'm happy they're adding more functionality to the case. So, right, the case is findable. 
uh, more finer than it was before. Because like just over the weekend, I had to, I couldn't find my AirPods. And I'd left them in my uh, trouser pocket and put my trousers in the laundry basket, which is why I couldn't find them. And I was using the old AirPods Pro kind of like finding system, which is with Bluetooth. And it's not very good. <laughs> you know, I'm like walking around the whole house until it says it's near. But that's all it can tell me. It's just like, hey, it's near. You know, but now I'm expecting it to be better. Plus, I could have it make noise, which I'm actually pretty mm-hmm. excited about the new case. So that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Next next week we'll have more to say about those, I suspect. Ryan's asking a question which I don't have an answer for, but I actually do need this answer. So I'm going to ask it, and then maybe you or another upgradian can help me. Ryan asks, "Why does the Apple Watch have a separate set of alarms from the iPhone?" I like to use Siri to set the alarms, but I keep getting different results based on whether I spoke to my phone or my watch. Is there any way I can force them to be in sync? Now, the one thing I'll add to this, Jason, see if you can say if I'm right or not here. I believe that the Apple Watch always alerts you to an iPhone alarm, but it's not the other way around. And this is the same with timers too. Like if you set a timer on the iPhone, Mm -hmm. it will go off on the iPhone and your watch. You set a timer on the watch, it just goes off on your watch. Now, I mean, one of the reasons I've noticed that recently is I wish that the live activity would show up on my iPhone if I set it on my watch as a timer. Now, the reason I want to know the answer to this question is Idina just got a Series 8 and is now wearing it at night so she can do the temperature stuff, right? So she can like be checking her temperature because that's one of the features you have to wear at night. But now she is annoyed about the way that her alarm is going off and it seems like some mornings she's telling me that it's just going off on her wrist but she'd like it to go off on the phone and so basically I want to know does anybody know of a way to get them both to go off the watch and the phone do you know have any idea about this I never have worn mine to sleep so I I don't know about the sleep tracking I, I and the syncing my my guess is that Apple and I think they're right here but the the that the idea is if I set a, an alarm on my watch, I don't expect my phone to make noise, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. don't expect that. I expect it to just be my watch. It's interesting the other way, right? I, I think the idea there is that your watch is always with you. So if you're not near your phone and the alarm goes off, the watch will warn you that that there's an alarm happening back on your phone. And I think that's the philosophy there, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know about being able to choose to sync them back and forth. But like, I, I think if anything you said, anything you said on the Apple watch stays on the Apple watch, mm-hmm. I think is, is the, just by default, that's the idea there. Yeah. We've been having some questions in my house that have yet to be answered yet as to whether the phone is also going off. This is, you know, like one of those things where it's like, you, you're just not a hundred percent sure. So I think we need to be doing some more, some more testing on that one. I think. Uh, and Sims asks, are there any current Macs you wish were available with a different Apple Silicon chip? Mm, with a different Apple Silicon different. chip. So this can be one that doesn't currently have one, of which there aren't many now, uh, or there is a Mac already has an Apple Silicon chip in it, but you would like it to have something other than what it currently has. Well, the glaring one is that the M1 iMac doesn't come in a higher-end M1 chip. That's what I right? have, an iMac with a Pro chip. That, that's what I would like to see. I think that's the big one. And then obviously a Mac mini uh, for the same reason. Like I, I really wish there was a desktop Mac that had the M1 
Pro in it, right? Mm-hmm. Because like the Mac Studio has the Max or the Ultra. Mm-hmm. And then the the iMac and the Mac Mini have the M1. But there's nothing in that middle ground of the Pro, which would be nice to have. I'm yeah. hoping that this will get you know, rectified um, this month, but... Uh, I think next year, right? I feel like before the iMac. Well, Mac, the iMac. Yeah, but the Mac Mini. Oh, sorry, the Mac Mini, yes. Mm, could do. Right? Right, could do. We'll we'll see, but that was my thinking, is that they'll replace that Intel Mac Mini that's still kicking around with with a uh, version with a more robust chip in it, but we'll see. I don't know. If you would like to send in a question for us to answer in a future episode of Upgrade, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskUpgrade or use question mark AskUpgrade in the RelayFM members' Discord. We would very much appreciate your questions. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Upgrade. Thanks to Clean My Mac X, member Fort and Squarespace for sponsoring the show. And thank you for listening, and especially if you uh, support us with Upgrade Plus. Go to getupgradeplus.com and you can sign up, get ad-free longer episodes of the show, and you will help support us as well, which we greatly appreciate. If you want to find Jason online, go to sixcolors.com, and he is at jsnow on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L. And I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, everybody.